Welcome along to episode 15 of the Strategy and Conversions podcast. We're back once again, Mark. Yeah, number 15. It's just, uh, it just staggers me how, how, how many we've done. It just keeps growing. Incredible. You break it down as well. I mean, we've been doing it every month, uh, every week, sorry. You know, yeah. And that, that works out to over three months. Yeah, I know. It's incredible. It's, just, it's crazy yeah. how it just builds, isn't it? That momentum yeah. just builds and, and we do more and more. But anyway, I'm excited to, to crack into this week's episode just because I know we're going to cover some amazing stuff. Uh, we, what we're going to touch on today, we're going to talk about one we mentioned it in the last podcast as well is that you have this model called great yeah work with right. with copywriting and we're going to go into that we're also going to talk about how we actually did our first live call in the progression club yeah, this week amazing and we're going to just talk quickly about how that came about but more importantly about taking action yeah. and how we did that to to basically get to the stage that we're at within a, a very short period of time yeah um and yeah so i mean we're recording this probably what we're we talking the, the ninth today so it's probably yeah. going to come out on like the, the 15th or something like that and we actually opened the doors up this month um to the progression club and i think it was probably less than a month ago that we actually put it all together or started putting it all together um and, it, and it's up there now so yeah look let, let's crack into everything i think it's been a really busy week with everything yeah. that we've been doing but yeah. let's get into to the copyrighting side then so you you came up with your own model I did, I did, and it's through it's it's through studying you know, copywriting as I have for 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 a long time, and um, and I can talk about the Adam principle as we as as we go on and talk more about that, but it's um cop that the the Ada principle to talk it was came about in about the eighteen nineties late eighteen almost nineteen hundreds, and it it was originally designed for sort of window dressing. Uh, and sort of and written kind of sales copy, if you like, back in the day, and it's still you know st- people still use it, and it's still it's still relatively successful. But what there were there were elements of that which it, uh, they're okay, but that's the problem. They're just okay with with the buying the way that people buy products now, and I just think it needed to evolve. There was a there was another system that came out in the sixties. Um, called ACCA, which I can talk about in a second as well, um, and that's still used by charities. But it was the, what I took was the combination of those, and I came up with this great model, um, which is just the whole idea of writing to a model. It, it, it enables, it gives you structure, and also forces you to think about what the reader wants to to read when you're making your sales copy. So this is for sales copy. And, and that's the whole difference isn't it, between copy and content is that copy is designed to sell something from the written word, whereas content is where you educate people maybe um, and you, uh, you write, you, there's all sorts of different blogs where you write more about um, relationship building type blogs. But what I've, tried, what I've done is I've put an element of content writing into the copywriting because I think that people like to see that nowadays as opposed to just straight sales. I think, I think it's difficult, it, it, you know, if I'm totally honest, and I think this is where a lot of people hit a stumbling block is you get all these kind of messages out there of content is king. Yeah. You know, and, you know, content needs to pump out more content and, you know, you pump stuff out for free and then eventually someone, someone values what you put out for free and they want to pay you for whatever it is you do. And it's just like, you know, there may be once upon a time, and I'm saying once upon a time, we're, we're, we're talking about the internet world. So we're only talking like five years ago. Yeah. Right? yeah. But maybe that was true. You know, maybe that was the case of, you know, you can showcase what you are, are good at or what you know, and people will then see you as the expert to go to. But 
we, we live in a time now where there's so much yeah that, that we have to deal with each day and stuff like that that we need something to grab our attention yeah move us yeah. off then to, to that next step yeah yeah and i think you know, there is a place for content look at your own content content works and it's a great way for for building that that you know the the relationship and that sh- that needs to be done but in conjunction with copy which is you know every now and then the copy page is saying right we need you to buy our service or we need you to take another step some kind of action to put you into a list so it could be a lead magnet but to leap to put you into the sales process so this is the difference between the old ada concept is you made a sale or you didn't it was like mm. that's real that was the that was the whole point of um you know of, of, of direct marketing was it, the answer was yes or no but today people you will you lose a lot when you say just the answer is just yes or no so it's saying yes or no to moving along the, the stage of your sales process so that you know there's 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 more nurturing involved in the sales process no, nurturing is a, is a great word i was just about to say for for anyone listening as well just I mean, think about yourself the last time you made a purchase you know was it a yes or no and, and it's, I, I think, I'll be honest, I think for me, you know, if, if someone gave me that kind of ultimatum, yes or no, most of the time it's going to be no. Yeah. Because, because for me, I, you know, I always like to process something, you know, yeah. don't get me wrong. There, there is the impulse buy, you know, and stuff of like that. Of course there still is, yeah, yeah. And, and I just think that's more of a smaller ticket sometimes, yeah. you know, where, you know, if it, I think if it's something under £100, you know, or, or $100, then maybe you can get that kind of instant kind of hit there where, you don't need to do too much. Yeah. Someone, someone may still buy it. But I think once you go above that, or or even if it's something a, a little more complicated, there, there is that that point of okay, we, we need to, to think about it, or yeah. you know, yeah. we, we need to we need to just see more about it and stuff like that. And I guess that's where the, the copy side to it, like you said, is we're pushing people onto the next step, but people can still come back to that copy. Yeah. Whereas you know, I think you it, it's a great um concept that you said about with the kind of window dressing. Because yeah. I think I think advertising, I think people get, get advertising and marketing confused quite a lot. But advertising is basically that, you know, where we're putting a message in front of someone and we are wanting them to take a next step forward to something. Yeah. And if they don't, most times we, we've lost out. Yeah. You know, well, like you said, with, with the marketing, with the, the copy, I was going to say with, with great copy, you know, you've got that model with great. Um, but with the great copy, yeah, if you have that in place and people can come back to it. Yeah, that's true. And that that's right. So and and. Yeah, and I think that you know, going back to going back to the original um, Ada principle, which was written for window dressing, it was, you know, and it was you you had a you had an item in the the whole idea was displayed in a certain way, and that was to grab that, that was to grab attention and raise a bit of interest with a, a tiny bit of blurb, and you bought a pair of shoes or you didn't, but that was that was what it came down to, you know. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I think that there's so much there. With, like, so with the different kind of messages that you get. We, we spoke about it with innovation being needed and, and exactly yeah yeah companies being left behind when when they don't innovate yeah and i think like you said when you you've kind of fused together then things that won't work well things that worked before but maybe aren't necessarily working as good as it is today putting a spin on that for it to work today basically come up with, with a new product that works yeah you know yeah. just by improving and that is, yeah, it's just improving the way, improving the way that copy, I think, improves the way copy written. And, and people have been onto my training um, and people who have actually started to use it have seen significant results. So it's, 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 it's been, the, you know, the whole, 
concept has now gone beyond being tested out. It's now it it now works for people. So it's, um, it, I, I know we, we've got a slide that that shows the the great model. Yeah, I'm gonna just bring that up. So I mean, obviously you're gonna talk through this. So anyone listening on the podcast, you know, you're gonna talk through it anyway. Yeah. Uh, but anyone watching the video, obviously you you will get to see this. And it, yeah. this is um. This shows that the five steps to, to great copy. I said this is a slide. We've actually paused a video of your masterclass. Where That's right. Yeah, the, the, the five steps to great copy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. J- just talk us through through the great model then. Okay. So let me just I'll quickly talk about the ADA and the ACCA. Mm-hmm. So ADA stands for um, attention and to grab attention, um, to raise interest and to create a desire to, to take action. And that is to buy the product, which is where, which is where the win- window dressing and the pair of shoes came in yeah and that was the same done in, in, in back in the late 1890s 1900s then in the 60s there was another evolution if you like um of copy that came on which uh, was called acca which stood for action uh conviction um oh i can challenge or something and then and and then another action i think it was um and attention sorry is the first one and that's used now by charities so the, that model is used when charities say this is the situation. So starving people in Africa, that's your attention grabbing. The the conviction, the conviction is um this is this is what happens, uh, this is this is this is what happens in their life. They don't eat the you know, rough to it. And then you get a challenge to take action, um, and then it's leave a donation. So you see a lot of that at Christmas time. Yeah, sure. No, there's no relationship building at all, which is fine yeah. because that's charities is trying to do that. So I've taken those two um, and and I've created this great model. So the whole idea of this is this is a model that people have in their heads when they're writing copy. And the grab attention is there just as the other ones are because that's so important to grab attention with a really emotional-driven headline that makes people stop to read. Raising the desire, it's same as the raising the interest in the ADA one and the whole conviction um, of the ACCA. So those two are still the same. Mm-hmm. And you raise the desire by just raising that intensity of emotion. So if someone's having a se- severe challenge uh, in their business, you 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 kind of like expand on what that challenge is going to cause them. So if they if they have a cash flow problem, the chat the, 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 the it isn't just a cash flow problem. It means the way they raise your desires by saying, and this leads to the fact you can't you can't buy another uh, you can't have another set of services in your business to help you maybe delegate for example you, you can't afford to have an a va or you can't buy that product that you know is going to help with um you you might you might need a new printer for example you can't do it because your cash flow is causing you problems so raising the diet raising that desire is letting people know what that cash flow problem can lead to and then this is the part where it becomes interesting because the e and the a are pieces that i think are missing from current copy and that's the E is where we elicit three elements. Okay. And that's where you start to build the trust with the person. So you, you explain that by saying that the person knows what they need to overcome that challenge. Um, and it's, it's kind of like the, the standard offering that people give. The affirmation all the way through is that you start, make, you, you start adding in words that, are, that, that create an agreement with a person. So as they're reading your piece of copy and you'll talk about different things and you, you put in sentences like, can you see how that can work? You get a nod of their head. And that is an, a, a psychological sale already in their head. 
So they're starting to nod when they read things. Can you see how this works? Yes, I can. The more nods you can get, the more affirmations you can get, the more, the more they're ready to buy even before you reach the bottom of the page. So I, I talk about having call to actions and different, you know, quite high up in the pages and all the way down because, you know, copy is about selling or getting them into the next step. I love it. And the respect part is saying, okay, this, these are the five points that, so we, we put a bullet point down maybe of five points of this is the chat, this, this is what you need to overcome that challenge. And you say things like you can see how that happens. Yeah, we could. But the respect parts, but we go a step further. So we do these five points, but we'll give you more. We'll give you this and we'll give you that and maybe we'll give you that. So people start to think then, wow, this I I, I need this is something I really need to investigate because not only do they know what they're talking about, as in the trust, and you've put in the, the as I say, the comments that have gotten to nod their heads. But the respect is that, wow, they're delivering more than just the standard kind of offering that a lot of people offer, you know, because you've got special USPs. And then the authority element that comes in is where we weave in, you can't just put in whole testimonials sometimes uh, on a sales page, although that happens nowadays, but where you weave in comments and testimonials. So you can leave, you can put in parts of a testimonial and, and parts of a case study that make people want to read further. And then the, and in some cases we can actually, if you go into email nurturing, which we can use this whole model as you go through email nurturing, then you will put in complete testimonials on an email and you will send out case studies because that's over a sequence of events as opposed to being one page. And the T, I put T into transform as opposed to, um, to take, you know, to take uh, an action as in, as in the other ones. Yeah. Because the T is to transform them from being a passive reader into an action taker it's not necessarily getting them to buy the product there and then because as we've said a lot of people won't but it's it's them to take action to maybe click on something that gives more information or click on a link that goes to the website or click on a link that goes for a phone call for them to have more information but you what you've done is you've moved them from someone who's just reading something in a passive state to actually taking action on something that leads and then leads into them becoming part of your uh, marketing chains and sales process. Hey, I, I think this is this just unbelievable that we're, we're sharing this on the podcast, right? <laughs> I mean, there's uh, th this here again. I, I don't like to say like the secrets of, of marketing <laughs> and stuff like that, but you know, some of the stuff here is is just incredible. I mean, like you know, the the E. The E part of, of trust, affirmation, respect. I mean, oh, it's amazing. I mean, that there is, you know, any kind of salesperson, you know, sales trainer will, will teach you this in regards to speaking with someone. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're wanting to, to kind of get that across there. Yeah. Um, the transform part, as soon as you said then, but T rather than taking action. Yeah. And we transform. That is it, isn't it? I mean, we, we've spoke about, you know, all the times on, on the podcast before where, everyone is looking for transformation. They're looking from getting from point A to point B. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we want to do there. And, and again, even if someone doesn't take action on, on your page and you have, have done this correctly, that transform element is going to stick in the head. It's like you planting a seed. Yeah. And it's yeah. like they're, they're going, I do want to get from point A to point B. Yeah. I haven't taken any action yet. So I'm going to have to go back and do that. Yeah. And this is this is as we said at the at the beginning of the podcast, it's it's you've planted the seed. People don't buy immediately. Well, 
In some cases, they do, and 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 that's why you know the Ada principle still does work. I'm not saying that doesn't work and that's dead. It still does work, but I don't think it works as well because people want to think about stuff. You know, you you've you say uh, you've said right, this is what we do. You know, you've gone through all this process. They've not, yeah, you know, they they're ready to transform. So they transform into someone who is now thinking about what you're offering. As opposed to saying yes, I definitely want this. Which you know, there will be an element of people who do do that and desperately say, "I need a phone call because I want to buy this now." And you have a call, and so you do have still call to action boxes. But for those that don't, you know, there's going to be a, a a call to action box where people want to just get more information. As a, I mean, classic thing when you have a phone call when people. I mean, I've done this before. People trying to sell you stuff on the phone. And you say, well, have you got any kind of, can you send me that in an email with more information? How many times have people, yeah, you've asked for that and 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 they've blustered sometimes and said, oh, well, we, well, we don't have that information. And you say, well, I want to be able to sit down and read something to take it in so that I can make an informed decision. And that's that's what we're doing here. And that that there is, um, we, we, we had a podcast before, we, we talked about doubling yourselves. Yeah. And, and we, we said about the fortune is in the follow-ups. Yeah, you know, sort of follow-ups meaning plural rather than just one. Yeah, and and that whole kind of thing, like you said, with testimonials being into like a nurture campaign. I mean, yeah, it is it is great, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you know, how many times can you just prove to someone that you can get the results or you've been there before and done it before and stuff like that? See, even yeah. even that situation, like you said, you know, someone th- this here could be um could could be the copy to get on a call with someone, you know, yeah, and then exactly, and then yeah. they they yeah. you know the person isn't. It isn't ready to go ahead for whatever reason. They say, can you send me some more information? And then it's just a case of you could follow up with, you know, that that kind of testimonial and, yeah. and the information on the product. Yeah. And I think you mentioned, I think it was on a podcast a while back, I think you mentioned that so many people now want to see a case study before they'll buy. Uh, was, I think this was actually the, the last last week's yeah, uh, been, podcast yeah. that we did, where it was that there's a study that, that was done in the States recently with, with marketing. And it was that um, over sixty-five percent of people said that they would be more encouraged to go ahead, yeah, by seeing a testimonial like, on on a, a website or a sales page, yeah, before that. And it's so it, it is that way, though, isn't it? I mean, even like, I I can remember from like growing up, um, be, being into wrestling and, and Hulk Hogan, and it's yeah. like he was obviously like the the big kind of you know the the personal brand of wrestling at the time. And, and the endorsement side, I mean, they stuck him on everything and, and any kind of adverts go and stuff like that. For him to endorse something, it means that you're, you, you know, you automatically think that it's good and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas now we, we live in a time where we know, well, those people are just being paid to do that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. so we can get into a, a testimonial or a case study and, and not just someone saying these guys are great or these guys no, do this no, or something. But if they can break it down into going, you know, if we, if we went into like, say, you know, the, the whole kind of weight loss or body transformation side, if they can say, do you know what, you know, I, I hated the thought of going to the gym and stuff like that. Now I go three days a week and I love yeah. it. My body's changed from this to that. And it was all thanks to the method that so-and-so does. Yeah. I do so much more for yes. you. Yes. Yes. You know? And, and as I mentioned, I think it was last week when we talked about the call, as I mentioned with case studies, the good thing about case studies is you can, you can even then develop them to say, this person, this particular person, had this challenge, and this is why they came to me, and that's so powerful because, you know, let's talk about personal trainers. There are 
millions of personal trainers, all doing similar, not all the same, similar things. But when you can put in the case study, well, this was what the challenge they had. They had this, 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 and this, and um, they saw some copy from me or they saw something from me and they came to me because, and then you can put down your USP of why, why they came to you. So straight away, the case study is, is filtered down autom- automatically. So somebody reading that who has the same challenges will think, wow, yeah, I've, I've got to see this person as well. And that's why case studies are so, so powerful. And, and I think there's, there's part of that as well, where, again, the, the times that we live in today, is, it, it's easy I, it, to put together a web page tomorrow, uh, today, that is, is live today, and I can send people to it, and I can claim to be whatever I want to be. Yeah. You know, that, that's the time that we live in, which means it, it's scary, and that people can you know, be, be cheated in, into trusting someone. Yeah. And I think that that's just where, you know, most people today are a bit reluctant to go ahead straight away. Yeah. Because of that exactly. trust element. Yeah, I think that's big. That's a big thing. And, you know, I, I, I remember writing a blog and I think we were talking about this earlier as well. Um, and a call, do you have, you know, do you have a bouncy website? Because a lot of people will go to a website and if it's not written in a compelling fashion, um, they, they're, they're not going to stay. They're going to bounce up. The, they're going to come to it and bounce away again. And, and this is the whole thing about you have to write, even on your web content now, I'm not saying your web content has to sell. Every page has to be uh, uh, has to have copy to sell because that's the different way. Have some some content which is just explaining explainer videos or explainer uh, text about what the product does or what the service does. But there will be an element of copy on your website where you're asking them to make to to get into your uh, ecosystem, if you like. Through it could be through a lead magnet, it could be through a particular thing that you 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 that you're talking about on the page. Uh, on the website, sorry, but there is going to be elements on the, I mean, when I write websites for people, I make sure there's quite a few different areas where they can transform from someone who's just visited the website to now go further into being part of your ecosystem and getting onto your mailing list. So again, you can then use this whole uh, uh, model to then in your nurturing emails. And one of your nurturing emails will be, or more than one maybe, will be a testimonial and a case study. And again, it's so powerful because you're now sending them information directly. If you know something about them, then you can send a, a case study or testimony that is really, really relevant to them. It's, it's so true. I'm going yeah. to, just just before I pick up on, on what I'm about to say that I'm going to just close this page off. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but this, uh, you, you probably see, if you're watching the screen, this is, is part of your masterclass. It goes on for about 45 minutes. Yeah. And we'll, we'll put a link, you know, wherever you're listening or watching, we'll put a link if you want to go and buy this. I think, yeah. what was it? Is it 27 quid? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, 27 yeah. quid. Yeah. Just, to, you know, I mean, just to improve your, your copy, you know, five, five steps to great copy. I mean, that's a steal anyway. Yeah. Um, but but we'll, put that, we'll put that somewhere beneath and we'll just come back to us then being on screen. Yeah. Um, but, but what I was about to say that, I think, yeah, do you know what? There's so many different elements for one, like you said, you, your your website there. I think again that the times that we live in today, and and I blame the whole kind of Amazon world of of on demand. You know, we, we can get anything as soon as we want it. Is that sometimes people spend spend a lot of time on on their website to to make to to get all the information in there and stuff like that, whereas most people just get to the the homepage. Yeah, if the homepage doesn't do do enough, 
they're yeah. off. They, they, they bounce back. They, they're looking for another option then. Yeah. And it's like, you could have the perfect solution and maybe it's buried three pages deep on your website. Yeah. You know, but that person has gone because they, they don't see that, that you have it. So going back to that whole kind of like window dressing kind of statement of, you know, I, and I, I think like with window dressing, for example, is you are trying to grab someone's attention. And it comes oh, yeah. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even with the likes of, say, a website, we still have to, we still have to make them take the next step. Yes. I think, I think so many times people think that the next step is, is to buy something. Yeah. You know, or, or even to sign up to, to the, the kind of nurturing list, the email list. But that next step actually could just be to go through to read. Yeah. The, because, the blog or the sales page or whatever it is. Yeah. This is the thing, you know, the, the, the next step on a website is for them to click onto another page or another something. So the whole idea is you get, they come onto the website, they take some form of action that will lead them to something else. It still could be on your website, but the point is they've done something. And once people start clicking around and, and doing something, they're, they're, they're already maybe all, all, albeit on the edges, but they're already in your world. If you get them to take some kind of action um, on, their, on, on, on the website, then at least they're, even if it's on the outskirts of your ecosystem, they're knowing, they're getting to know a little bit more about you. So the more areas where you can start to build that kind of relationship and stuff uh, with them, then there's a good chance that they'll come back. I mean, if, if they've stayed for a while, it's likely that at some point they may visit it again. If they've bounced off, that's a difficult one. They, think, may ne- they may never come back again. I think this is, this is a good time to kind of revisit the part of content and copy. Because yes. like, like you said, I mean, I mean co- content, yeah, the, the, way, the way that I kind of said about content versus copy, uh, people say about content is king, but it isn't. I mean, content is still needed. Yeah, because it you know it, it plays such a, a a pivotal part in that whole kind of no like and trust sort of side to things. Yeah, yeah, of course. And and I the, the way I kind of see it as well sometimes with with blogs, for example, is people look at blogs as being either a case of it's just something to put on there, you know, just something to put out, or they they look at blogs as being more kind of a, a sales page, right? And and I guess it is that case of of having. I guess a, a bridge between that content where it is of value, it is giving people something, but then it's helping push them onto that next step. Yeah. At, at, at certain points. Yeah. You know, so it may, it may not be a case of like you said, push them straight onto a sales page or something like that, but maybe it's pushing them towards that next step of that thinking Yeah. around the transformational side. I think so. Content is, um, and yeah, you, you're right. It does get mixed up an awful lot. Um, content is, it can have an, a sales element in content. Um, but content is normally where you're either educating uh, about something or you're building, a, you're doing something to build a relationship. Um, and it could be, for example, content could be just that testimonial um, and could be the, the, uh, or a case study. And that's all content that's building a relationship. But you still definitely need to have copy and that what and the difference to me is that if copy is the selling part, so um, a sales page uh, really is sorry, yeah, the copy for a sales page is different to how it will be in a, in a content. Content is far more conversational yeah. and shows your your tone of voice and all the rest of it. Sales page is has that purpose of actually getting them to do something, 
uh, you know, back in the back in uh, a while back, and some people still do this. Sales page has the purpose of making a sale. For me, it's the sales page has the purpose of getting them to move and do something to take action to get into your ecosystem. No, totally. And I think that the reason I'm saying about that with the content side is I think a lot of people dismiss having a blog because yeah. they, they just see it as, you know, a, a bit like kind of social media. You're just doing updates and, and there's, there's no kind of, you know, real purpose to it. And I guess that I guess talking about social media, it's a good time to kind of bring that in as well. Because obviously that that whole kind of thing of blogs and with social media and, and that content side, I've always likened this to having a shop and opening it each day. Mm-hmm. So that you you let people know that you're in business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it is that thing, it's not the case of you're always trying to sell to people. It's just a case of saying, look, you know, we're in business. If you need us, we're here. Mm-hmm. You know, come come to us when you need us. Again, planting that seed that, you know, you're the choice that that kind of line of marketing is that. Not everyone's ready to buy right now, but when they are ready to buy, you want them to come and buy from you. Yeah. You know, but then you, again, like you said, you, you need that sales part. Similar to like we were saying in, in the podcast last week as well, is that now with a website, for example, you need that kind of general side that people expect, but you also need the sales funnel side. Is Very that you're going to take people through, you know, and, and that's where that, I guess for you as a copywriter, I guess that it is quite difficult to work out that thin line then yeah you know the co- the content side to the copy side and back and forth it does become more blurred and i think that's simply because people people same old adage as we've stepped working before on on different uh, podcasts people love to buy but they hate being sold to mm-hmm. so if you have a piece of copy that is just purely selling selling buy this buy this well not quite that but you know it's the message is you're going to have to buy this because your life is going to be so much better if you do buy this. People just, um, I think more and more people are now being just dissuaded from it. They just don't, they don't want to know, but they still want to buy. So if they find a reason to buy, so that sales copy now has to include something, it has to include an element of nurturing and a reason and more of a reason why they should buy from you because it's a question, isn't it? That, that I think is the is is the why, isn't it? Why should I why should I listen? Why should I listen now? Why should I buy? And why should I buy from you? And if you can answer those, um, because it, it because it, the the last one, it, it, especially if I'm going to buy or if I'm going to move, why should I why should I buy from you? Why should I transform with with you? Why should I listen to you? Um, and I think that that's that's the point. It becomes. It becomes twofold. So even a sales page now has to have the element of building that ex- the building that ex- expertise or expertise um, and the trust. And that's why the great model, I think, it, be, it it is a very fine borderline. And you can almost argue that the E and A part of the great model are is your content is yeah, is, totally. is your basis for making content. Yeah, I totally get that. You know, just just as you were saying it, then it just reminded me again you know, thinking back to that kind of great model is that, yeah, it's just, like you said, it has just taken on the the kind of time that we are today to fit in. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, this is it's one an thing, evolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, it, this is exactly the evolution side. And I think this is this is a question then that I guess I have, and, and hopefully that this will, will help the listener as well. That, that headline, oh. should that headline then, so we're talking about kind of that, that know, like, and trust, building that relationship. We're also talking then about we, we want a statement to grab their attention. 
you know, but then we also kind of want to also educate them a bit on why they need something. So it, it, is there a right or wrong way of putting one of those into that kind of headline part? And, and I'll give you the, the reason for why I'm asking this is that what you will get a, a lot in, in marketing, you'll get people who turn around and they say, oh, you know what? You don't just walk up to a, a, a guy or a girl in a bar and, and ask them to marry you. <laughs> you know, you have to go through that, that whole kind of process of, of getting to know someone. And that, that's all well and good. And, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I totally buy into that. I, I agree with it. However, how many times do you have the flip side of that of the person that never goes up to the, the guy or girl yeah. and they, they never then take that next step? Someone else is muscled in and you yeah. know, they're, they're talking to them. So you have to do something to either start off the conversation, right, to show the intent that, that's mm-hmm. there, or you have to catch their eye in some sort of way so it, 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 you actually put it back onto them. Is that they want to approach you now? Yeah. So if you take that's a brilliant analogy. That that the the you know, do you want to marry me sort of thing. Um, definitely questions are a great way of getting engagement. But uh, for example, if you take just that situation, I mean, it could be a different thing. A girl sat on her own, or a bloke sat on his own, and you say, oh, "You look, you know, are you lonely? You look a bit lonely." So that, that's a different question, and it's an emotional challenge. So, do you want to marry me? That's kind of, there's no really emotion in there. Are you lonely? Hmm. That's got a different connotation because there's an emotional word in there. So the, the, the headline has to be emotional. So businesses, we always talk about challenges and uh, are, you know, are you frustrated? Are you having challenges with this? Nowadays, there's so many of those that the business owner will just think, oh, move on. I'm not really interested in that. But when you actually get down to some something that's it, this is going back to understanding your your avatar for that particular product or service, what problem is it solving? And if the if the if the if the product you're uh, you're you're solving is something about um, um, uh, say helping them with a CRM system or um, a VA maybe saying I can save you. I can save you time. And you say, are you spending too much time doing this? Mm-hmm. Is, is, is this, is this crucial? Yeah. Is, is spending this time crucifying the rest of your business? Um, there's so questions need to be go, go a level deeper, but I think one of the best headlines is a question headline. What I really like about that, the, the question headline is actually what I think most people are missing out on when they're, they're marketing a, a service or product. Is that they're going straight into? Yeah, you need this because. Yeah, and, it, and it's like that. That question side is is the attention grabber, but you know, so that that question. Yeah, some someone's running through, and it's like I do have this question, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, how how quickly does the punch have to come in then? You know, after that to to make them to hook them into either, you know, taking that next step or them going, this is serious. I need to, to pay attention. Yeah. Now go back to that whole kind of thing of the guy or girl in a bar is that again, I, I think it's a great analogy and it's, and it's, it's right. You know, you won't just walk up to someone and say, Hey, will you marry me? Right. Yeah. But you have to do something. Yeah. To you have to take healing to, to them to, yeah. to, to think, okay, you know, I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And, and, and so going back to the G and the R model, for example, so, the G is that is that headline. You know, are you lonely? Do you, you know? Would you like some company? Or um, yeah, uh, there could be all sorts of different connotations to that. But there's that um, 
that emotional headline. But then the next is the R, the raise the desire. And that's where you hit the emotional spot. When it comes to sales copy, you wouldn't necessarily do this if you were in a bar, but it's, it's, if they are lonely, the, the R bit deals with how does that make them feel? Mm-hmm. That makes them feel like they, they wake up every morning and they're really, they're not motivated to do anything because they just feel lonely all the time. Um, they, yeah, they, they, they walk around not enjoying life. So they're walking around, not like a zombie, but they're walking around like, yeah, they're not really enthusiastic about anything. So they're losing enthusiasm. They may be even losing confidence because they're not meeting anybody. So their confidence is dropping. So that, that first paragraph is all about if they're experiencing this headline challenge, whatever that head, whatever that question is, then the, 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 that first paragraph is peeling back the layers of the onion. So how is that showing up in their business? So if they're, if, if they don't have enough cash flow in their business, that they're, um, and they're not getting enough sales, then the implications are that they don't have enough cash in their business. They're working longer hours, possibly, because they're trying to get the cash in their business. They're not seeing their family because they're working longer hours. So maybe there's a kind of a loneliness element coming in. And you can start chipping away at all these different things. So so, so at the end of that first paragraph, you want the person to say, God, that's me. That's exactly the position I'm in. And if you can get to that and you think, wow, you've got them, then you've really hooked them and, and get them to read on. Um, and there's... And that's where it's so important, like we've always said, isn't it? It's so important to know I'm writing this piece of copy for a purpose. This is my target audience. The challenge they have is they're not sleeping well because they're worried about their staff issues, for example. Bang. That's your headline is, um, staff is st- are staff issues keeping you awake at night? Are you losing sleep over your staff? Um, it, it, it can be that simple, right? Yeah, that's the thing, and I think it, I think some sometimes people think copy, they they get a bit more confused in the stuff. Uh, they get confused about what they actually need to write and what stuff needs to be added in and everything. But sometimes it is about just keeping it simple and getting straight to the point. Yeah, oh, but yeah, not, definitely. But not being too forceful, like you said, is mm. you know I think I think that's a, a hey, again it comes back to great, doesn't it? You know, it is a great example of, or you know, of how that happens, but. I guess a, a couple of things as well then, just, just to kind of ask on, I think we've, uh, I think you've covered the whole kind of copy side, of, you know, amazing. We've, we've looked at content and stuff like that as well. How how does that measure up then to offline? So just say we went to like, say a networking meeting or something like that, because I, I guess a lot of our, our listeners will be marketing their, their business in different ways and then maybe, you know, networking and stuff like that. Are, yeah. are, again, are we looking to, really grab attention be and, and and i guess i guess as well there's a similar thing to maybe like say social media and, and and stuff like that is that we can't we can't always guarantee that our ideal customer is in the room yeah but but those people you know may know that that person as well mm. so how are we articulating you know what it is that we offer are we are we just generalizing it to the room are we no um, seed again that they you, know then when there is an issue they come to us yeah i i i i i don't think we are because i think if you put too general a message no one gets it no no it'll be too diluted so the way i encourage people to write copy even if it's a sales page um you are writing as if you're having a conversation with one person across the table 
Um, when you go to a when you go to a network meeting, you won't broadcast. Well, you yeah. In some in some cases, you're going to broadcast what you do to everybody in the room. But what you're then going to do is go into a conversation with one person at a time, in in a into a one to one conversation or whatever, at some point. Now you can broadcast what you do in a room, but more often than not, nobody pays much attention because there could be, there could be thirty businesses in the room, and normally when people are talking about it, if, if that first few sentence or few, first sentence doesn't grab them, they don't know what you do, they'll just lose interest. And, and, and there's so many people to take in. So even in a network meeting, this is the whole idea when you go to a network meeting, people talk about net networking before the meeting. Mm-hmm. You go and find, you look at somebody who you think is in your, in your target and, and you'll speak to them and say, and you're, you're, you know, you can, you, you start pleasantries and how you're doing. So, yeah. So what do you do and what, what do you find a problem with nowadays? Bang. Okay. You're talking to one person and it's a conversation. That's how you write your copy as well. You imagine you've gone into the room, you've picked out a person, you've sat down with them and you, you, yeah, you don't even say exactly what you do initially, because when you start a conversation with somebody, you're normally asking them. So how are you, What's your, you know, what's the challenge? What challenges do you have? You're inviting them to talk, and this is the same thing with the copy, is that you're inviting, you're you're writing, but as if you're having the conversation and asking them what their problems are, and that they've replied and said, yes, that's the kind I, I am in that. I do have that problem, and you say, okay, this is how we can help you. We, this is how we can help you in your particular issues. This is when it comes on to the, the the eliciting. This is the trust. This is the process you could probably need to go through and then nodding their head. And then this is why we, and this is the respect part. We, we go one, we go two or three steps more than that because we do this. And that's, that's the same way as you'd conduct yourself in a, in a, in a, in a one-to-one, I guess, wouldn't it be? Yeah, totally. I'm just thinking then as well is, is that I, I'm, I'm guessing that whole kind of networking side is that it's, it is actually a shorter time frame that you're looking yeah. at a conversion whereas like we said with with the whole kind of copy side and and the great side is that yeah okay look people can go back to that they could go back to it every day yeah. To, yeah. to check out that that page or, or whatever it is then whereas when you when you're in person you are you know i, I mean my whole thing that, that i've i've spoke about over the past i want i want to say five years of online marketing versus online or, or, or offline marketing versus online marketing is that what we need to do is basically infuse them so if we are doing yeah. something like networking or if we are doing like say a direct mail campaign or we are doing promotional products, you know, the whole point there is that what we want to do is we want to push that person back online, you know, or we want to extract them from online into having, you know, a conversation with us or, or a one-to-one in person. Mm. And, and I think sometimes that that can also get missed where mm. we, we aren't looking at, okay, look, where does that next step really... And I think it probably comes back to just efforts. I think we've mentioned this before in the podcast. I think a lot of people just want that kind of, okay, if if I get the right copy, I stick it on a web page. Lots <laughs> of people are just going to come into it and they're going to convert and I, I'm off on a, a beach somewhere and, yeah. and that's what it is. But, you know, there are different steps in, involved where you do have to put the effort in. Yeah. So it, it could be a case of, you know, you are sending out a promo product. That person then is going online. They're reading something. They're signing up to you know, a, 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 an email nurturing campaign, then, then you get to a phone call with them. Yeah. You know? and, it, and it's like those steps that are involved there, you know, is exactly the same as if you're networking with someone, you know, yeah, and, exactly. and you say to them, do you know what? I've got a great blog on that. Yeah. You can go off to read it. 
Um, one thing I talk about again on the training, on, on the masterclass and on the other training I do, is that going back to copy, it's like every conversation. If you're, if you, if you have continual conversations that aren't going anywhere, you'll never sell anything. So every conversation must have a purpose. Are you building a relationship, or are you trying to actually get them to take a next step? And this is exactly the same with the copy. Every piece of copy needs to have a purpose. So at the end, you, while you're writing, you say, right, what do I want them to be doing at the end of it? Is it to pick up the phone or is it to click on and go to this link? And that's all you're trying to do. That, that piece of copy, you're not trying to sell multiple things or you're not trying to give them multiple options because confusion needs, means they won't do a thing. So you're just trying to take, get them to take one action and it's all about one action. Do you think that that's the biggest them. problem that most people face? is that they're trying to do too much in, in yeah. one go. Yeah, absolutely. And confusion, you start to sow, you start to sow confu- not confusion necessarily, but you start to give someone more than one option. And they'll look and they think, I'm not sure. And as soon as that happens, they've undecided. They aren't probably going to do anything. You know what, mate? It's, it's, I can't remember if, we, if I mentioned this on, on the podcast before. I know it's, it's in in one of the, the days on the 21-day the challenge that, that we've got to a better you, and we cover yep. marketing, mindset, and business there. But there, there's a story about the supermarket with, with Jam, and yeah. they, they've, got, they've got the testers, um, they've got the stall set up where they're giving out different tasters. And when they had two different types of jam, it always resulted in people buying their favorite one. Yeah. But when they put five different types of jam, no one bought it. No, it's just too many choices. Too many choices. Yeah, and I think yeah. that happens just in marketing, you know, in general. Yeah, um, where, where I, I guess I guess with everything, I even coming back to like say social media, uh, coming back to your website and stuff like that. You, you're giving people so many different options. Yeah, where you're trying to push them in, into doing something. Where I, I think I think part of the problem is as well is, is people are in a rush, so they look at it as as they need something to happen. So yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of stress focused of, of marketing, that feast of famine. Yeah. You mentioned, and that people are like, okay, like I need to get some customers. So I can help you with this, I can help you with that, blah, 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 blah. And it's just too much. And, and people are just like, well, yeah. you know, I, I don't necessarily know I need that. Whereas, like you said, it you, you don't have to do everything in one go. So no. you can start putting more and more stuff out. And again, like, like I was saying, is that your marketing really is there. So that you're letting people know when they when they decide to come to you. Yeah. You're the person yeah. to go to. Yeah. So front of mind. That's right. Front of and mind. that's why that's why you have to be consistent. You you have to be you you have to have that that person reading something of yours on a on a quite a regular basis so that you're always at the top of their mind. Even if, and this is another thing, isn't it? Even if they aren't ready to buy or do anything from you, you're front of mind. So if they, if someone else comes along and says, you know, I'm having a real problem with this. They think, oh, I know someone you can talk to. That's exactly it. I mean, that, that we, we mentioned that in the, one of the kind of early podcasts about the gray area marketing. Hmm. That, that, there, yeah. that, that word of mouth side is, is very rarely tracked. You yeah. know, yeah. We, we, we can't track that. And, and do yeah. what, then I was just thinking as well, like you probably have someone listening where you're saying about, okay, look, we need to be pumping more stuff out to be front of mind. And they're probably thinking, well, you know, I put something out last month. So that person knows, right, or something like that. I think of it this way. I think this is a great example, right? So, so we're in the UK and, you know, if you're anywhere else, you can probably do this, this kind of thinking as well. If you had to think of the top kind of three or four supermarkets, right? You, you're going to roll out the, the big guns, right? Mm. Yeah. If you put on the TV, 
you'll see adverts from them every day. Yeah, absolutely. And and these are multi, I was going to say multi-million, like multi-hundred million yeah. pound companies, yeah. right? A billion yeah, yeah. pound companies that, you know, just, you know, they, they, they make a lot of money, but they have to stay in the game. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, they, they become forgot about, you know? Yeah. If, 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 for instance, you know, Tesco start, stopped advertising today, how long would it happen? And it's a great, great example, actually. There's, um, I can remember reading something a while back and they said that, that Coca-Cola is like one of the, the leading global brands, right? So, you know, most people know about Coca-Cola, but if it just stopped today, right? Stop marketing and everything like that. Within a, a certain time frame, I can't remember how long this time frame was, but it was just talking about kind of like the younger generations and, and stuff like that. Is it will get to a point where they don't choose that. You know, where if they go into a shop and they see it, they're just like, well, what is that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, they have yeah. to keep marketing. Yeah. You know, I think even to, to their customers. Yeah. The oh, well, totally true. I think because, again, you know, the whole customer nurture is, is um, you know, marketing to your customers. Because, again, coming back to the podcast, the, the other, the other, I think it was last week, wasn't it? We've done too many, haven't we? That's the thing. We've done too many. <laughs> We've done too many now. Back to that, to that it's podcast, all in one. Is what more, what, what extra value can you give your customers that they'll buy from you again? Um, you don't you don't get a customer just to sell to them once. Once they've sold to you, they're becoming a fan of yours. And especially if you've done a good job, and then yeah, you ask for a testimonial, they give you a testimonial. They are really a good fan of yours, and so they're almost expected. They almost are expecting you to give them something more. And if you don't, it's kind of think, oh, okay, someone else comes along, offers them something more. They may not go for it first time, but if you're still not interacting with them. They'll go for it the second or third time, That's it, yeah. and they and you lose them as a, you may not lose them as a customer. They may still buy from you, but what you've lost is what the money they spent with someone else. And and Massive, unfortunately, if you don't keep on that nurturing, you could lose them altogether. It, it's not made totally. I'm just thinking. I think that that brings us on actually to just, just talk about the starting progression club and we had the first oh, yeah. live call yeah. this week and and the reason that i'm saying that is, is we're just talking there about you know nurturing to your customers i mean in so we, if anyone doesn't know we started progression club this month this is like the first kind of product that we put together for strategy and conversions yeah and, and the whole point is to create that kind of growth environment there for people who are doing their marketing or they're doing marketing within a business or anything like that or they're just looking to kind of take that next step in their business and we, we've got the training, we've got the um, courses, we've got community, we, we've got unbiased assist, which to me is it's just gold, you know, where you can ask for help and we'll give it to you. But on, on the live call, uh, we, we did the training. We, we answered several questions, which, which was yes. really good as well. And yeah. on the live call, I did some training there about um, just putting together your, your metrics, really, for going from like 10K to doubling it or even go into 80K if you yeah, just double these, yeah. these metrics. And and all of that was front end. So we're talking about getting leads in, the conversion, you know, and, and how we and how much they they spend, you know, during that conversion. And all we were doing then is just looking at how we could increase those marginally or even doubling them to, to equal our money. Yeah. We actually didn't even go into frequency or retention. <laughs> You know, yeah, and, and yeah. we're already we're already looking at okay, how do we go from 10k to 80k? Well, we yeah. just double the front end. But actually, if we focus on frequency and we fo- focus on that lifetime value side, yeah, you know, it, it it's just phenomenal. That you know, yeah. from 
and and that's where obviously all your money is spent on marketing and and the acquisition cost where actually people can be spending a lot more money with you than trying to get new customers yeah and i think you know that's this that whole back um after sales process so you have your sales and your marketing process the steps you go through to create a sale because everyone should if they don't have one, everyone should have a some kind of marketing and sales consistent sales process, which I guess that most most businesses do, even if it's in their head. But when it comes to making the sale and the customer buys, you then fulfil whatever it is you're gonna you are gonna sell. There needs to be that customer nurturing process from day one. Thank you for buying. Then it's the next thing is. You know, and just maybe a bit more relationship building, whatever. Then it's, oh, we have this project you might be interested in. It's carrying on nurturing them because that customer has has made an investment in you and they want to, they want that, they want to see the return on their investment, admittedly, but they're quite happy to make a further investment if they're going to get more value. It's all about the value all the way through. So the value leading to the sale, and then afterwards. What extra value can you keep giving them and how frequently can you do it? Because the more value you give, like we said, people love to buy, don't like to be sold to. Once they're in your ecosystem and they start to really trust you and you carry on and carry on offering more and more value, there's a good chance they'll keep buying every product you put out. That's exactly, isn't it? I think that there's a I think there's a saying as well that you only need one thousand true fans to yeah. to, to yeah. really make it, you know. And I and I think yeah. like that that kind of statement now, I think I don't even think you need a thousand. No, I, I think you, you know, and and that whole kind of thousand means that you know that there's only a small percentage or, or whatever that I actually buy. But I think even that, you know, is if you have the right kind of business model, where you are you have people on that kind of retention of they're buying every year or they're buying every month or whatever it is, you know, you don't need many. To, no, to really that's right. Happen. Yeah. And and you know the some of the best models that I'm involved in because I, I buy their services, but some of the best models are where they start you with a, a kind of a low ticket membership or whatever it goes on that you're paying on a monthly basis. And each month they keep offering you more. And if you don't buy the first time, eventually you think, yeah, that's quite good. I could do with that. So you buy something else. So your membership just goes up um, because they're now incorporating this next product and then they keep, keep going more and more. And, and the membership value that you pay each month, well, I pay each month, uh, increases because, because you're getting, you, but it, it has to come down to value. But the more value you give out, the more likely you, that you are just to think, well, I already pay the membership. I love what they do now. Yeah, I'll buy this product as well. And that's a further membership. That's fine. You just put them on. And it goes on. And all of a sudden, what started off as a, as a small revenue stream from that customer becomes pretty large. And you, like you said, and then that means you don't need many. That's exactly it. And like you said, it's it's having that ready to go, you know. So, yeah. so you're in you're into a membership, and you know you're going along. And then what happens is, I think I think with memberships that they've they've been not not so much a revamp. They've always been a, a, an amazing kind of model, but they've kind of gone front of mind. I think over the last couple of years, where people are talking about memberships and, and ways to make money and stuff like that. Yeah. And actually, most memberships either they don't take off or they become stagnant and people drop off because, you know, that that kind of attrition, that retention rate is quite low. And the reason for it, like you said, is it is that value. You need yeah. to be adding to it where I think so many people think that they can just put one thing up and it becomes a membership and 
they never have to touch it again and people are going to just keep paying them every month but if you the, the way how they they have really come about um back to being kind of front of mind is more about subscription so you think like subscription boxes that that are coming out so whether it's a case of this a, a new recipe or um it, it yeah. could be you know it could be alcohol it could be skincare it could be um yeah. weight products or whatever it is you know is that you're getting something new each month yeah so even though you're paying the same each month you're getting something new yeah and you just have to be and, and it's really good and stuff like that you know and you can do that i mean we're doing that with progression club you know in in a certain way is that we're charging a fixed amount it, the price is going to be going up every couple of months so you know that if you get it now you're always going to get the lower price but it's a fixed amount and people get they they basically get stuff for however long they're a member they will get more but they also yeah. get the stuff then from the past and they also get new stuff each month through through like the likes of the live call you know yeah. I mean, again i'm saying it out loud it's phenomenal what we're doing there. Yes. um yeah. but it, it is that case but i mean even with that with progression club for example i mean we, i think we mentioned it back um on the last podcast as well is that we were looking at strategy and conversions and we're going right okay we're doing the podcast we've, we've got people asking us to help them we don't really have any kind of business models in place to support them we could put together something quickly and make some money and that would be it but let's look at what we could do to really make that happen. And um, mm. we, we went through a bit of like that whole kind of brainstorming session, I guess, to come up with whatever it is we were going to do. But once we decided on Progression Club, we moved so quickly to put it live. <laughs> we did. You know? We did. And this is, the, it was interesting, actually, because, again, uh, one of my, well, mentors, I've never met him, but Jim Rohn, who I read all his book, I mean, guy's dead now, but, um, and he was, and it wasn't just him, but he coined the phrase that, the universe loves speed. And if you are willing from idea to, con- you know, from conception of idea to actually implementing it, the quicker you can go, um, the more momentum you build. And so we took, what, three months from, from basic idea. We thought this would be a good thing to do. And I think three months later, we've... we've, we've I think, I think three, three months was, was when we were actually kind of thinking that we needed to do something. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, and, and I think I think once we kind of decided on it, I reckon it was probably only towards the end of May. Yeah, you know, so it's probably only a month that we actually took to get things up, and that was building out the the kind of members area. Yeah, you know, and exactly. the different elements yeah, yeah. for what they would get and stuff like that to go in live on the first of of July and op- uh, well, opening the doors on the first of July, and then and doing um, the first call this this week. Yeah, exactly. And we've and and this is the thing that we've been. Uh, um what yeah this is the this is a classic uh kind of thing that has come out from training courses and and when we get new ideas sorry <clears throat> when we get new ideas when there's a new idea this is of the whole the the whole speed thing new idea say from a training we've been on um or an idea that we had when we were chatting um we get really motivated to put something together so he thought, right, we because um, I we I remember we said we ended the phone call. Right, let's go for it, let's do it. Um, and we were motivated and we started working on it immediately. So we started to take action straight away. And then taking the action then builds momentum because as you see things, you put things in place and your momentum builds as well. And I've seen this so many times on from training courses, especially, is that people will go to the training course, so they get all these new ideas and they'll have this motivation to put them into action, but they never take any action. Exactly. That, so you yeah. never get any momentum because you've broken the chain. And the chain is always ideas, motivation, and then action, 
and then and then momentum builds. And if you break the chain, everything stops. <coughs> Sorry, I think that's it, man. I think that there's so many like people as well who they said they, they will go on training courses or you know they they will attend certain events or whatever it is, and they will come up with an idea, and they they maybe they will think about how they could put it in into play, but then they get so caught up in maybe even maybe it's the tech side maybe it's the kind of visual side maybe it's a bit of then uh fear sets in yeah yeah whatever it yeah. is but but something stops them and, and they, just, they just never take action to get to, to where it was and it's like yeah we, we were talking actually when when we we're talking about um progression club uh, and we were doing the call there and we we start we listed out the different stages so we were looking at kind of like side hustle we we're looking at starting yeah. a business we're looking at sustaining. We think that's a massive area that people miss. Yes. You know, that, that sustaining area. And then yeah. we're looking at growth and scale and even exit. But we're saying, look, there's different areas of marketing that you have to get right. Yeah, of course. So, so basically yeah. make, make it work at, at that stage. Yeah. You no, know, it's just like those different areas of, of that business there is I think so, so many times people are looking at that end result. They're looking at scale or looking at growth and scale and, you know, even exit. You know that that before they've even started. Before they've started, yeah. And if you look at if you look at any business, any successful business, they didn't just open the doors and they were at the scale side. You know, they they started you know with you know in a bedroom or around the kitchen table, you know, or yeah. a small office somewhere with two yeah. members of staff, and 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 now they've gone on to like say be like massive kind of businesses. But they've all gone through stages, and I think so many people are are in a rush to get the end result. That when it doesn't come within day one, that whole kind of we built it, you know, they, they shall yeah. come kind of thing. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. They get disheartened and then they go or, well, like I said, they, they never even get to that point. They never start because they're looking at the right shade of pink to put on their website. Or yeah. Something like that, you know? And that, yeah, that's such an interesting thing. Because, I mean, like you look at, um, uh, you look at some like, well, you could Jeff Bezos, Amazon, you can look at Branson with Virgin. They didn't know. They had no idea what was going to happen. Um, Branson saw there was a there was an area for in the in the back in the day of, of of vinyl albums being too expensive, so he just did mail order through the post. Yeah. He was still a st- still a student, and he had no idea what was how was going to happen. But he just started. He had an idea and he took action on it. And Bezos had an idea, took action on it. Um, Bill Gates had an idea, took action on it, and. Um, and that's the whole thing, you know, isn't it? Because it's it's when when your idea is fresh in your head, that's when you're most motivated. And that's when you need to start more than planning, but planning first, obviously. But once you start those plans in place, good is good enough. It doesn't have to be the perfect end product because so true. it's never going to be. It's always going to improve. It's always going to improve. And, and that's the thing as well, is you you can improve it. Yeah. I think I think so many people want the perfect solution yeah. right yeah. now. That they're, they're not happy with something that works or or something that you know isn't no, that's right. standard that they're thinking. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there is that kind of element where you know if you if you're looking at maybe say like a a high end kind of client or a high ticket offering or something like that, you have to be pretty sure that you can deliver. Yeah, you know? and and it has to look pretty nice in in whatever it is that you're delivering. But people just you're not starting at that level. No, exactly. I think so many people are trying to get that perfect product or that perfect service yeah. before anyone's even bought it. Yeah, it's yeah. like you said, getting the colors right on the website. I, I, I think so many times. I think that that to me, I think is probably one of the biggest stumbling blocks. It is a website. 
You know, it's, I think so what, many people what, hit it where they go, you know, oh, okay, I'm in business. I need to get a website. Yeah. Three or four months later, they haven't done anything because the website isn't ready. Because the website's not ready. And what's what intrigues me, and I know that brand is important, mm-hmm. but it's this thing I've got to get, what, what brand shall I use? What, just, just at this, you want to get the thing out first, whatever that thing is, whether it's a product or a service, get it out. The brand changes. The, you can rebrand, you can change this, you can you can build a website, you can change it around, you get some more cash flow going to business, get someone else to build your website. I mean, we, we but, were talking about this the, the other week, weren't we, with um, with Nike, for example. Yeah. So you, you've got Nike, you, you've got the logo, and it's like they, I think they paid next to nothing for the for the logo, right? It was, they, they had someone who kind of in working with them, they said, we need a logo, we'll pay you X amount of money, just come up with something. Yeah. They kind of come up with the, the swoosh kind of thing, and that was great. And but it's like for one, okay, that Nike logo means nothing really, right? But everyone knows it, everyone buys into it and stuff like that. They they buy into that brand. But the best part is that they weren't even called Nike when they started. They didn't have that logo. They were called Blue Ribbon Sport. Oh, that's right. You remember telling me, yeah. yeah. So it's like so. So they they came out with with Blue Ribbon Sport and they came out with the shoes and all this kind of stuff. And they they were already in business before they decided. Okay, look, we're going to make the transition now. Well, if they would have sat down, going right, we need to come up with. Yeah, the killer logo. Yeah, that killer logo and that killer brand and everything like that before it worked. And and they and do you know what? There's probably a bit of luck within there as well, is that they actually had a, a tennis player wear their trainers. Okay. That, that actually then, you know, got some traction. Yeah. Got them kind of moving forward. You know, and they had some runners before that and stuff like that where, you know, it it, it helped the business. Yeah. It was just like that that whole kind of stuff. Like I said, so many people, oh, I've got to get a perfect logo, you know, or I've got to get the right font or I've got to get the right kind of brand colors and, and stuff like that and it's like you said it's all good stuff and it's, it's all important stuff but i think to me it's important stuff on a level so once you get to say you know that yeah, small business right. kind of realm it yeah. makes sense you know but when you're just starting up you don't even know if your idea is going to work yet yeah the, you know proof of concepts all that kind of stuff it's got to work so the logo um so yeah, the, the logo says immaterial. It's not, as you said, the more you the, once you start building, you can change things. But also, if you want to get into logo and branding, as you've got a product launch out there and you've got some cash coming in, then you can start thinking, right, okay, am I the right person to do design my own logo? Probably not. But now I've got enough, I've got money here, I can give it to someone to do. And again, I don't know how many iterations. You think about Coca-Cola, how many times have Coke changed their logo over the years? Thousands of times. Oh, it, yeah. um, doesn't matter because people still know that they were Coke because originally they started buying it, Started people started thinking Coke. In fact, Coke never didn't come in for a long time. It was still Coca-Cola for a while until they realised that people called it Coke. Exactly. Oh, yeah. You know, so there it's it crazy. went. And that, and, that's, and that is a big thing as well in regards to that change is sometimes you have to, uh, you know, take action in regards to, to staying on top of your market and stuff like yeah. that. And there's actually, you know, there, there's a great story with Coke where they went a bit too quick and they changed the recipe to, to their drink, you know. Yes, that's Coke, right. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. maybe, you know, maybe we'll start to wrap things up on this podcast. Maybe we can talk about something like that, you know, next week where, you know, knowing when to make the change and when not to, you know, and stuff. But, but yeah. going back to, to that with, um, with, with kind of brands and, and stuff, like I can remember... I think, it was, I think it was about three years ago, something like that. And I, and I saw a Facebook post in a group, you know, where, where someone basically asked the question where they said, I've, I've just started my business or I'm just starting up my business. What's the, what's the first thing I need to focus on? Right. And 
it, it started off with, with loads of, you know, loads of people posting and stuff like that. And, and there was everything, mate, from, you know, website, you know, you have to, you have to get, um, you know, to the top of Google, you need the right logo, you need the right branding. And then it got into, um, you know, legal documents and it got even people have mentioned like HR and stuff like that. And it's like, it's a person's just started up they're on their own kind of thing. Right. And it got into accountant and it got into this. And it's like, look, it's all good stuff. Right. And I can remember, I just put a comment in there. I was just like customers. Yes. Yeah. First thing you need to focus on is to get customers. I think that even with me, I remember when I first started in business is that it took me a while to realize that customers are, are the first thing you need. Yeah, well, well, that customer, you don't have a business. You don't have no. that cash flow. You yeah. know, it, it it can just put you out of business straight away. I think that I can't even remember what the the kind of stats are with the amount of businesses that fell within the first year or no, it's right in the first two years. Yeah. And most, but besides that kind of knowledge and and the right kind of direction and guidance and stuff like that to make it happen, most of them fell because of cash flow. Yeah, yeah, and all that comes back to is not getting the right customers. Yeah, and and it's interesting because you talk about cash flow. Um, and a, a, another mistake, and I have done this myself. So you know, I'll say this: I went through. I, I reckon we've made every mistake. That, we've made every mistake, but, but especially between us, right? Yes, exactly. And the one big thing is people do is they take out a great big loan because um, mm-hmm. they see that as cash flow. It's not cash flow. If that's just you've got a, you've got cash behind you. Cash flow is when you can actually have sales. You can have marketing sales converting into money and it's starting to flow for your business having a pool of cash is not cash flow and i made that huge mistake i think that's it and i, I think even different we were talking then about the um the different types of businesses the different sizes of business yeah. i think i think that cash flow hits them all in different ways moving through yeah of course because you know you're going from that kind of maybe a side hustle you know you, you may be you may be supplementing that with a job it doesn't mean there's actually a business there and you're making money from it because you're actually putting money into it from yeah. you know other sources. And then we get to start up and you actually need some sort of funds to start up. Yeah. Especially for a short period of time. And then when you get into sustaining, every business needs to get to that point where they sustain and yeah. they, they have that kind of regular income coming in. Instead of that feast of famine, where's the next customer coming from? You know that there's that, that normal kind of income coming in. But then when they take that next step into growth, you know, or they look at taking on staff or whatever it is, they need to make sure that cash flow is there. Otherwise, yeah. that can cripple them really quickly. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. So, yeah, but going back to your original point, yeah, customers. Customers create cash flow. And the, the more you nurture them and the, and, the, and the more customers you have, the better your cash flow. And that's otherwise you have an expensive hobby that you keep putting exactly. money into. Um, and it doesn't get you anywhere. Um, and I mean, no, let, let, let's close off, off this podcast here. But I think to sum it all up, I mean, we're looking at strategy and conversions. You know, we're talking, look, what does it actually stand for? You know, what, what is it we're really trying to do with it? And that there is, is exactly it, is that it, be, it can become an expensive hobby. Yeah. Even business owners who have a, they, they have a decent sized business. You know, they've got say, you know, maybe they've got 10 staff, maybe more stuff like that. They're running the business themselves, but actually they're still on kind of hobby money because yeah. they're, they're paying themselves a salary maybe, but that's it, you know? Yeah. So what we're trying to do with, with, um, strategy and conversions what we are doing you know is we're looking at bigger profits yeah you know, we're profits. looking at more money and yep. we're looking at you know an amazing lifestyle it's amazing not about lifestyle. being stuck in just a, a job within your own business no. it's, it's having that lifestyle you want yeah you know, which from a business which is giving you you know the money that you need so that you have more choices there you know so yeah. bigger profits more choices amazing lifestyle 
And it's just like, it all comes back to, okay, look, let's just get the right fundamentals within the business yeah. so that we can then, you know, look to grow. And that whole thing of just, you know, making sure the, the bigger profits come, that's the first step, right? I mean, that's yeah. where we did that in Progression Club this week just to show where that is. Yeah. But I think, I think for me, everything that we've been through in, in this episode, I think for me, it comes back to, look, get more customers. Get more customers. Take action to get more customers. Yep. And you've got the, we've already, Mark's already told you the right copy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to put yeah. in place with the great model. So take action and putting the great model in place. Yeah. You know, check out the training as well if you want to do that. Yeah. But it's just like take action to do something to get more customers. Yeah. To get more customers to, because that would mean more cash. Yeah. And then the mindset thing you just, you just talked about, whole different ball game. Whole Another different ball game, you know. <laughs> so that, that's what we'll get into then. Maybe, maybe that's what we'll get into the ne- next episode is we'll look at people rushing in to do things which, you know, they shouldn't have done. Yeah. And we'll look at yeah. how mindset and how your mindset needs to be before making yeah. any decision. Yeah. You know? So yeah, hey, look, let's get into that. Anything else you want to add? No, that's fine. That'd be great. I no, I think we've covered a, we've covered a huge amount already. Oh, again. Yeah. Again. <laughs> we always do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Cool. All right, Mike. Okay. I'll catch you next time, mate. It's always been a pleasure. And with you, uh, yeah, okay. Cheers and yeah, cheers, Jamie.